1: This is Live Mike. Is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio.
2: Welcome back to the program, Episode 15 of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lansbury. This is KSL News Radio. Uh, we're talking. In this segment, to a friend of mine, uh, Lieutenant Lee Perry, retired just recently from the Utah Highway Patrol after 31 years. Also, a representative uh, with the Utah House, sir, I'm grateful to you for being with us.
1: Hey, thanks, Lee. Glad to be here.
2: We, uh, uh, you have to beg my, I beg your pardon, rather. I, in the last segment, we spoke to uh, another police officer, Sergeant Jason Nielsen, with Sandy City Police. Uh, I <clears throat> I feel bad wasting his time. I told him the story of uh, me twenty years ago buying a prosthetic leg at a police auction that had been left in the in the evidence locker, and uh, <clears throat> and I did that all because uh, he had posted something going on uh, down in Sandy. They've got some unclaimed evidence, uh, which made me wonder. Someone who has been on the job for thirty-one some odd years, uh, you've probably collected a good deal of evidence.
1: We've collected a lot of different things off the freeway. I was going to ask you about that prosthetic leg—if you made it into a lamp or
2: not. Never made it into a lamp. Uh, in fact, uh, Gustavo was asking me what, what we would do with it, and the, it was one of these older styles where—and uh, I'm not sure the medical term for this part of the body—I'm just going to call it the the nub uh, where the leg goes in. Um, that that's just a big bowl uh, which would receive the you know the portion of the leg, uh, and we over the years filled it with candy. Would you, uh, you wouldn't? Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. I, say, I have a
1: friend actually who worked in law enforcement with me that lost his leg. And so every year at Christmas time, we have to bring up the, the making the lamp out of a, an artificial leg kind of from the Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, the old Christmas
2: story thing. So I, I asked you on the, on the program today uh, because you have just culminated uh, a career of 31 years of service, uh, as a member of the Utah Highway Patrol, retiring as a lieutenant. Uh, what did it mean to you to, to wrap up your long career, sir?
1: You know, it's, it's kind of incredible to me to think that uh, 31 and a half years have gone by and that uh, more than half my life I've served the people of Utah as a highway patrolman. I mean, I take great pride in that, but I'm going to have, it feels like it just, it went by fairly quickly. It kind of shocks me that I, I ended up there 31 and a half years. I, when I started, I didn't think that's how long I'd be there, but I'm pretty proud of the fact that I was able to do that and serve in a lot of different capacities during that time.
2: Let me ask you, 31 and a half years ago, when it was time to make the decision what you were going to do with your life, what is it that led you to this profession?
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, I had come back from a ch- uh, my church mission and uh, was looking for a job and started working for Flying J, working in a, in a convenience store, and was going to go to college over at Utah State and get a business degree. And my aunt looked in the newspaper and said, hey, the Highway Patrol is hiring for the port of entry positions. Um, Maybe that'd be a job you could do, and, you know, you're sitting in a place checking trucks, and you could do that, maybe do some homework. And I thought, well, that sounds like a good idea, benefits, a few things like that. And so I went through the hiring process, having no idea that it takes about three to six months to get hired by the Highway Patrol, Yeah. but eventually got hired by them and started at a port of entry up here, which was ironic because I worked at the Perry Port of Entry, and my last name's Perry, and so when I'd answer the phone, Perry Port of Entry, Perry speaking, people said, we know what port we called, but who are we talking to? And... So it was just one of those moments, and yeah, so I did that, and, and like I said, I, then I got hooked in it, because I had a trooper show up and give me a ride in the Mustang, and at 22 years old, driving in a five-speed, six-ship Mustang, I was sold right then and there, saying, hey, they're going to pay me to do this job, I'm in, let's go
2: for it. Talk to us about some of the highlights of your career. What Well, some you of the highlights,
1: I mean, the highlights for me in my career have, have been um, being able to accomplish some of the things i Started and, like I said, worked the road. I spent three years working protecting our governor, Governor Levitt. I went and worked in investigations for about six years. People don't realize that Iowa Patrol has an investigative arm to it. So it gave me a chance to to do some plain clothes and detective work. And then I was able to go back into a place that I have a great passion for, which is public information and education, where I get to share and teach people about the things they can do to be safer out there and take seatbelt convincers and things like that around to young people and train people to do the right things. And then uh, eventually got, went back to the field, which is a base operation of the Ohio Patrol. And then I got promoted to lieutenant at the police academy. And then the dream of my lifetime was being able to move back up to the area that I was born and raised in and where I have so many family and friends and be able to move back up here to Box Elder, or Cash in Ridge County area and be the lieutenant up here for the last 14 years.
2: You, during that time, also became a representative in the Utah House. Uh, what, what, what led you to that decision? How, yeah, that was kind that... of
1: a bizarre thing, too. Yeah, I was like I said, a lieutenant up here and saw some opportunities and, and realized that we have a citizen legislature. And so I decided to try something different. Like I told some people earlier today, I says, you know, I've been burning the candle at both ends for the last nine years. So maybe this year, now that I'm retired, I'll just have to burn the candle at one end, not both
2: ends. There you go. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, until January 26th of this year at sun, uh, at midnight, uh, the Utah Highway Patrol is accepting applications. Um, yes. Talk, talk to me about uh, who, what type of person applies for a job like this, and what advice do you, would you give to such a person like that?
1: You know, the, the, the people that apply for jobs like this are people who have a passion to serve other people. You know, when you hear about police officers serving and protecting, that's who we're looking for, is people who have a desire to serve their fellow man. They want to go out there and make a difference in people's lives. Um, I I was astounded at my open house that we had, the people who showed up. I had family members of people who I went and notified them that their next of kin's not coming home and came and thanked me for the humane and and, uh, proper way I handled that and helped them work through that grief. I had the, the family members of two of my fallen comrades that I had to be part of their process where two of my troopers were killed, that uh, those family members were were there at this event. And while I would give everything back to have those two alive and with us today, um, I'm grateful that I could be part of that and help them in the process of of dealing with that grief and the the issues that came along with it. Um, While it plays a toll on me personally, I'm grateful because that's what I got into it for, was the service. I love serving people. And I think anybody who has a desire to serve but you got to have a little bit of – you can't just be complete service-minded. you got to have a little bit of, um, I don't know, vinegar in you a little bit and say, hey, yeah. look, I'm willing to do the job because even though you want to serve people, you still have to enforce the laws. You can't just come over and work for the Highway Patrol and say, well, I'll go drive around and I'll help everybody that's broken down, which is a good side of the job, and we love doing that. Yeah. But you're going to have to go out there and do the job and stay safe in the process, which means you may have to arrest some people and take some people to jail and I even have highlights where I've had people I arrested that spent at least a year in jail come back and thank me for turning their lives around. And that, when you get those kind of moments in the 31-year in the career where somebody you put in jail can come back and thank you, you, you just can't even fathom how good that makes you feel.
2: Yeah. On the Department of Public Safety website where folks can learn about uh, a career as a member of the Utah Highway Patrol, highwaypatrol.utah.gov, it says the basic eligibility requirements uh, to be hired as a trooper are high school diploma or GED, age 21 or over, U.S. citizen, and lastly, a background demonstrating good moral character. Uh, the folks you're, you have worked with, sir, over the years have been uh, men and women of good moral character?
1: You know, there, there are hundreds of officers and troopers that I've worked with that have the very best moral character. They're some of the best people in the world. Um, they just do fantastic things from one end of this state to the other, whether they work for, you know, obviously I'm prejudiced to the Isle Patrol because that's where I spent my 31 and a half years, but there's just so many yeah. good people out there that they come into this profession, and they do have excellent moral character, and that's something we definitely need to have is somebody with that high standard of moral character so that they can make tough decisions and right. do the right thing when the, the opportunity presents itself.
2: Our guest this segment has been Representative Lee Perry, who just last week retired after 31 years as a member of the Utah Highway Patrol serving you here. In the state of Utah, Representative Perry, I'm grateful to you for joining us this segment. I'm grateful to you for your service in the legislature, and more than anything, I am grateful to you for the service you have rendered the folks here in Utah, keeping them safe and keeping them comfortable. Well, thank doing you. Ian. So, hey, uh,
1: I, I, I'm so excited for you to be in back. I, I remember working with you with Doug Wright as the producer, and it's just exciting to hear you on the radio. And congratulations on 15 shows under your belt.
2: Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much, sir. I'm sure you and I'll be speaking plenty in the future.
1: There you go. Well, like I said, when you want to do a Lee and Lee show one day, you give me a call. And All right. Down
2: there. Here we go. This is episode one Lee of the Lee and Lee, 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 and Lee show. show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Representative Lee Perry, thank you so much. In our next segment, we're going to take a turn, talk about a, another topic. Uh, this is a story I saw in the Salt Lake Tribune the other day, and it deals with uh, prescription tourism. It turns out it's cheaper to hop on a plane, fly down to Mexico, pick up some medicine, and fly back here to Utah than it would be to run to the pharmacy and pick it up here yourself. We're going to talk about a program uh, being run by the state uh, and why uh, this type of tourism program is Arguably of a good benefit to a, a good number of folks suffering from various ailments. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
0: I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home.